my, my, Heidi, my, Kitane, Welcome to the panel on RNZ National. Wallace Chapman with you. Today, every student leaving high school will have a core knowledge of saving, budgeting, banking, and borrowing. That's what Labour wants. Should it be up to schools to teach financial literacy? That on the show. Also, one of the most successful global events in years. And Aotearoa was a core part of it, the FIFA Women's World Cup at an end. Also today, a team dressed in Ku Klux Klan robes go to a quiz night in Tauranga. They've apologised, but should it be banned? That at 4.30 today. Also, this song has been removed from a new Queen's Greatest Hits. Fat-bottomed girls, you make the rockin' world go round, or do they? That's the question of the day. Is it right to shield new listeners from fat-bottomed girls? The song. Text me at 2101. Email the panel at rnz.co.nz. With me this afternoon, Catherine Graham, former broadcaster, development executive. Catherine, kia ora. Lovely to have you here. Kia ora. How are you? How are you? Oh, I'm great. It's first time in the studio, so it's pretty exciting. Yeah. Kia ora. Welcome. And also Gary Moore, former mayor of uh, Christchurch, South Island, passionate enthusiast, as you'll know, a director of several companies. Gary, kia ora. Good to have you on the panel. Kia ora. Good to now, be here. Gary, Catherine with me today, and an article in the Otago Daily Times recently highlighted the work and life of one Neil Gamble, born and raised in Momonatari Plains near Dunedin, he's had some big health challenges recently. So up for sale are some pretty classic vehicles. He's been involved in tractors for many years. With us is Neil Gamble, the president of the Tari Historical Society and Museum in Altrim. Neil, welcome. Yes, thank you very much, Wallace. No, lovely to have you here. Now, sorry I didn't interrupt you, by the way, but I was, I'm was i quite excited about this because as a tractor enthusiast, you have many. I have. Well, look, hey, I haven't had a big collection of tractors, probably no more than a, uh, a dozen or so uh, <laughs> at best. I, I know of many, many people that have sheds full of uh, tractors, but I'm not a great believer in owning a lot of stuff I can't possibly drive. You can only drive one at a time, but... Um, of course, I started driving tractors at about eight when my fa- in 1953 when my father bought a little grey Ferguson, and uh, after from then on, I always drove tractors. So um, uh, I've driven a lot and I've painted a lot as a as a, uh, a tractor painter, which is an oddball business, but never mind. Yeah. Well, I am looking now at a beautiful 1945 McCormick Deering W4. This is the bright red classic looking tractor, the sort of tractor you might see in a cartoon, Neil. Is that for sale? No, that one uh, belongs to my cousin oh. um, now, and uh, we, I did own half it, but uh, we, we've, we've had come to uh, great negotiations, and he owns all of it now. That was his father's tractor, and... Um, uh, bought in '45, as you say, and uh, when they sold the farm in the mid '50s, it went. And he found it again uh, about 1990, and uh, he worked on some of the mechanicals, and I took over all the panel beating and painting. Goodness! And uh, 
yeah, that's over 30 years since it's been painted and it still looks exactly like that photo. Well, so. I, well I love it, Neil. And we have a, a panel with us. Catherine, there's something pretty special and quite unique, unique eh, about some of this rural machinery. There's something that speaks to our social history, isn't there? Oh, absolutely. Um, my grandfather uh, was a farmer and um, I remember him driving his Bedford truck um, and his one of his favourite phrases to us as children was, I'm just going down the Bowser to get some benzene. And you just <laughs> do not hear that anymore, do you? Neil? <laughs> yes, you're quite right. Uh, the, 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 the old guys had um, lots of uh, expressions for, for stuff. Uh, my father, of course, was the, the very last thrashing mill contractor on the Tyree. He and finished in 1961. But he'd started back uh, during the Second World War. But he replaced his traction engine with a Minneapolis Molon tractor, the biggest one he could get at the time, big tractor, and it had a aluminium exhaust pipe. Nothing special about that, but one of the old people that he contracted for used to stand beside it and saying, man, that's got a swinging chimney. <laughs> <laughs> now, Nia, we've got Gary, and Gary's in Ototahi Christchurch there. Gary Moore. Right. Yeah, well, I, I love the story about your collection, Neil. Um, I married somebody from the Tyree Plains. She actually grew up mm. in Mosgill, probably went to school right. with some of your relatives. Um, okay. But I'd, I'd claim to be a sort of second cousin to tractor um, collectors because I'm into <laughs> vintage cars. And, ah. um but I, I I like your idea of of you can drive one at a time, and it's always mm-hmm. amazed me when you see people with dozens of tractors or dozens of old cars, and they just rot yes, when they just yes. sit there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, they you don't do them up, and they don't stay like that forever. Unfortunately, as I say, rust never sleeps, and they slowly <laughs> deteriorate. Uh, just sitting still, they deteriorate, and uh, I've got one or two vintage cars, and I've had others, and uh, look, you've really got to drive them at least yep. once a week. Keep everything yep. motoring, turning over, yep. Yep. Well, I love it, uh, uh, Neil. What, one thing that I did uh, what really picked my interest in this story is this, Neil, and because a lot of people move around these days, but you have been born and raised in Mormonatari Plains, and you have only moved three kilometres in either direction. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah, yeah. Um, the furthest was the, the first shift was only one kilometre. So, um, <laughs> but I, I, I threw. <laughs> I threw caution to the wind about 10 years later and moved nearly three kilometres. Mm. Amazing, Catherine, isn't it? Those folk who just stay in that one area. Oh, yeah. My grandfather and grandmother were very similar. They were from the northern Wairua, and um, I think their first farm was about eight k's from from their last farm, and the rest of the family more or less stayed around them while they were still farming. So (laughs) it seems to be a common story in our farming communities. Well, very, very good, Neil. Look, now, um, before you go, tell us a bit more about the uh, local historical society because you are president of it. This is the Tyree Historical Society and Museum in Outram. Yeah, that's great. It's been going about, oh, 54, 55 years now. Uh, they took over what was a reserve, uh, and we've got six buildings up there all brought from locally, there's the old Outram School built in the late 1800s. Uh, sorry, yeah, 1800s, and um, the Outram Courthouse, 
nearly as old. We've got the jail, in case somebody has a few misdemeanours. Right. Um, and we've got an engine shed. There used to be a railway line between Mosgill and Outram from, oh, what, 1877 until 1953. And they kept the engine in this shed, uh, engine shed, which was near the station. Um, we have that shed. And actually in that shed is my father's thrashing mill, that, as I said, the last one that worked on the Tyree. The other interesting uh, thing was the engine driver lived in Mosgill, so uh, when he put the engine away at night, he had to bike his, I'm not sure how far it is, it's about 10 miles, I suppose, in miles, uh, back to home in Mosgill, but in the morning he'd have to get up pretty sharp, pedal his bike all the way to Outram and get steam up and ready to take (laughs) the first train. (laughs) Those were the days. Now, hey, lovely to have you on the program. Thanks uh, very much. And I, uh, I understand that you. I know that you've been facing some uh, challenges around health. So, all, all the very, very best for the year, for the rest of the year. Thank you very much, Wallace. That's very kind of you. And uh, thank the, the team. The good, good team. It's a pleasure, <laughs> Neil. <laughs> thank you, Neil Gamble, the president of the Tari Historical Society and Museum in Outram. There, and can I just say, yeah, there's been a large response regarding fat bottom girls. Uh, that's the song, rather. Um, what are you saying about it? Uh, because the, the, it's, it's, it's off the compilation. They've cancelled it from the Queen's Greatest Hits. I checked out the lyrics of my sister-in-law yesterday. The song's not so wholesome. Uh, Grant says, this is just equal right. This is just white culture trying to control the narrative. Equal rights. Uh, for fat bottom girls, says Grant. Lighten up, folks, another one says. This is the classic Queen song of his time and loved. This is a bypass to critical thinking and cancel culture. It is just dumb. All right, it's time for I've Been Thinking. Catherine Graham, I've Been Thinking. Take it away. Uh, kia ora. I've been thinking about how often Māori and non-Māori live in parallel universes. So by that, over the last week, we've had the Koranehana celebrations, which um, is a celebration of all things Kingitanga, all things Waikato, and all things, I suppose, uh, all about people that support the Kingitanga and the Kingitanga movement. And in that, in those, in that past week, ending today, um, there were over six thousand people that attended the Koranehana, which is fantastic. But I'm just, I was what I was thinking is that so many so many Pākehā probably have, or non Māori probably never even heard of the celebration, and um, and vice versa. There's probably many other celebrations that Māori do not take part in. So I was just sort of contemplating that, and um, and other occasions where this kind of instance of parallel universe has come up, um, like when a good friend of mine I asked them if they were going to come down to Māori Land, which is a very, you know been going for ten years now in the town of Ōtaki, and even though he's a great journalist and is really you know mixes with lots of Māori, he'd never heard of Māori Land. So I was just you know that's what I've been thinking about. Very, very cool, Catherine. Uh, that notion of uh, a kūtunehana, I mean, it's, it's such a significant event, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Mm. And um, it's not just about the kingitanga. It's really about um, another opportunity for Māori to have a voice and uh, to meet in a place and also, I guess, for non-Māori to come and learn about what it is to be part of the kingitanga, which, after all, the first Māori king was... Um, um, celebrated in 1858. So it's so the Koranehana itself and the Kingitanga has been going for a very long time. Kia ora, Catherine. Uh, Catherine Graham there on Monday's panel. All right, Gary Moore, I've 
been thinking. Kia ora again. Uh, South Island of New Zealand is largely seen by NZ Inc. and politicians as the place of extractive industries. During this election campaign, the political parties have shown no vision for the South or to create what could become an island powerhouse for this country. Take sustainable infrastructure, particularly as we've just been talking about tractors and trains, Investment in an affordable train service between Picton and Invercargill for locals would take thousands of cars off the roads and go partly towards doing a bit for global warming. Auckland has a population of 1.3 million and and has a minister for Auckland. The South Island has a population of 1.1 million and is it too much to expect a minister for the South Island? an island which is energy, educationally, environmentally, intellectually and culturally rich, could be the Finland of the South Seas, a place for all peoples to thrive. We're no less important than Auckland and should not be thought of as a clip-on, as we appear to be now to political parties. Do you want to cut the cable, Gary? No, I think um, I think that movement probably died some years ago. Um, no, I just think um, it's if you a listen train to the political from parties. Imagine the hundreds of millions of dollars that will cost. It's there and for already. What? The line's there. Basic. I, I challenged the minister of SOEs, Duncan Webb, and I said, "Why can't why can't we get a, a you know cheap?" journey up to Picton to travel across to Wellington by ferry. And he said, oh, no, that's a tourist route. Uh, a tourist route. Now, we need – I'm just using that as one right. example. But but the, the track's there, the trains are there. Um, surely it wouldn't be too difficult to actually add carriages for right. locals to actually travel in. Do we need a minister for the South Island? Text me, 2101. Also here, just uh, some traffic here, a State Highway 2 and going up the southbound, a breakdown due to a breakdown. State Highway 2 has been reduced to one southbound lane at Nauranga just prior to the merge with State Highway 1. So do pass with care. Southbound queues are developing in the area. Lots to discuss with Catherine Graham and Gary Moore this afternoon. Do stay with us here on the panel.